0: The more healthy exercise would probably be running. And I thought, oh man, that's not what I want to hear. You know? Diz Runs Radio, episode 645,
1: starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys uh real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show just want to thank DKMS for their continued support of the show they are today's episode sponsor and I certainly want to thank you for continuing to support DKMS and and get yourself registered and if you if you haven't heard me talk about DKMS before uh they're they're a great organization I'm happy to to be associated with them happy to be part of of their mission which is to help eliminate blood cancer from from the world help to get to to get rid of it and and make sure that no one has to be dealing with living with blood cancer or various other blood disorders. And the the big way that they do that, there's a few different things that they've got going on. We've talked about some of them in the past. We'll talk about some of the other ones in the future, but the big one is they have a, a huge registry over 8 million strong throughout the world of folks who are willing to donate their bone marrow. If they are found to be a genetic match for someone who is dealing with blood cancer, who has blood cancer or other blood disorders where the best treatment, the most long-term treatment is to find a match, a genetic match and get some healthy bone marrow into their system and hope that that takes and eliminates the cancer. And, uh, to date, there's been something like 70,000 plus of those, of those, uh, transfers that have happened. We've talked to some folks in the past, uh, Berju Mirza comes to mind, uh, just a few up few weeks ago, uh, who was a donor and now has just recently run the New York city marathon. So she's run her first marathon after donating bone marrow. So clearly you can do this and it's going to have no long-term implications on, on your health, on your fitness. Um, and, and if you are a runner, and you get the call and, you, and you're you know, willing to go through with it and donate and help, hopefully help save someone's life, you're looking at probably you know, no more than a week or 10 days off. And, and that would be even on the long end of things. In most cases, obviously, every situation is going to be different. But you're not looking at a, at a long layoff from running, and you're looking at the possibility of saving a life. So I think, I think having an extended time off of, of four, five, six, eight, ten 5, 6, 10 days is, is a pretty fair trade. When you, can, when you can say that you took those days off to help save someone's life that was dealing with blood cancer or other blood disorders. So if you're interested in joining me in the pool, the 8 million strong pool of folks who are willing to give a little bone marrow and hopefully save a, save a life, uh, head over to DKMS.org and request your free swab kit today. You can also text the word amazing, that's A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, to the number 50555 to get more information, get your questions answered and to get that swab kit and get yourself in the pool. And hopefully, hopefully they'll never need you because hopefully the the you know the blood cancer will be eradicated sooner rather than later. But if someone is a match for you and they, they need your marrow, they'll contact you. DKMS will take care of all the, the logistics and you just get to hopefully save a life. So thanks to DKMS for their continued support. Thank you guys for supporting DKMS and, and the really truly great work and life-changing work in a lot of cases that they're doing so dkms.org or text the word amazing to 50555 and now let's go ahead and get on with today's episode of the show hey guys my uh guest today is a guy that started his ultra running career a bit earlier than most uh, at the ripe old age of 16 if uh, ultra sign up is to be believed he finished his first ultra marathon and he pretty much hasn't stopped running them since. So, uh, so much for that whole quote unquote, you shouldn't let kids run far thing. Right. Um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about how he got started so early and, and you know, uh, more of his story as we go. Uh, and and in order to do that, we've got to welcome him to the show, right? So it's time to welcome Mr. Aaron Isles to the show officially. Thanks for uh, joining us today, Aaron. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, guys, if, if as we go today, if, if you know you're like, gosh, this guy sounds pretty cool, which I think you're probably going to get to that uh, conclusion at some point or another. Uh, the best place to connect with them and find him and follow him is on Instagram, and the handle there is real simple. It's just his name at Aaron with the underscore in between it at Aaron underscore Isles. That's A A R O N underscore i l e s at aaron underscore isles on the instagram and as as per usual we'll have that linked up in the show notes if you can't get to uh get to your phone right now or if you're out on out on the go doing whatever uh disruns.com slash six four five is the link that'll take you back to the show notes today uh the 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 summary of the conversation with aaron photos links the whole nine yards uh disruns.com slash six four five so aaron the way we always start off the show uh, it's, it's, the one, the one constant question, the one thing that, that everybody gets to, to answer no matter what. Uh, and it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Uh, well, that's not an easy one, um, <laughs> but let me give you a cheap answer to start with, and that's uh, whatever race or whatever distance I'm in the best shape for at the time. Okay. <laughs> now, I know that's a, a bit of a cop-out answer, but it's the truth. You know, if you're if you're in shape to run a marathon, it's a lot more fun to run a marathon <laughs> than it is to run, say, a 50-miler or something like that, and vice versa. Um, but if I were to give you a real answer, honestly, I'd probably have to say the 1,600-meter, uh, especially if it's the uh, last leg of the distance medley relay. Mm. I think that has to be the most fun race and most fun distance I've ever run, uh, especially when it's a relay, you got a team uh, atmosphere, you know, people relying on you, and when you're the last leg of the race, you got all that energy going with you of all the legs before you. And then on top of that, the 1600, it's still a distance race. It's still mm-hmm. a distance event, right? Um, but you got uh, – it's short enough that you can really push hard and run fast. Um, you can count the number of laps on one hand. That's right. always a good thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, – I think that's a, a blast of a race to run. It's over in five minutes or less uh, for some of us. <laughs> yeah, not, um, not for me but for you maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've always thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, nowadays I, I don't run the 1600 anymore. Obviously I'm not in the school or anything. Um, mostly all I'm doing now are ultras. So I would love to be able to say that my favorite distance to race is the hundred mile, but that's just not the case. That's, it's still a very, very hard distance to run. It's very hard to pace. Um, I'm a lot more comfortable at the 50 K. I feel like that's something that I can pace well, um, I can feel how hard I need to go out or when I need to reel back or push forward a little bit more. So uh when it comes to ultras, the fifty K I think I've I've settled into pretty well and I can actually I can race that strong and I can still enjoy it without beating myself up too bad. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Yeah, that's that's uh I, I will admit that, that that original question is one that probably the ultra runners have the most difficulty answering because yes. <laughs> because there are there are so many different obviously distances but then each distance there's so much variation from course to course and year to year. And, and sometimes just from the beginning of the race to the end of the race based on weather conditions. So, uh, right. that, that's definitely a, a tricky one. And, and, uh, the DMR that's, that's not something that you hear very often about on the show. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get back to some of that in a minute, but, uh, at least I, I want to get back to some of the, the earlier days of your running career in, in a minute. But, uh, for those that aren't aware, I, I, I do have a little bit of knowledge of the, of the, the distance medley relay, not from running myself, but uh, when I was in grad school, I worked with the track and cross country team at Middle Tennessee State. So you know, you're going to to meets, and like you know, at first is like you'd see the DMR on the meet schedule, and it's like, what the, what the heck is is this is this event? <laughs> and I have a feeling that there's a few folks listening that that also like me didn't run didn't run in, in high school or college or things like that and, and maybe aren't aren't familiar with it so uh the distance medley relay correct me if i'm wrong but it starts off it's a it's a four four person team like you said there's a there's a team environment there start off with a 400 meter runner or i uh, sorry 800 meter then 400 then 1200 then
0: 1600 is that is that close to right i think that's right yes i yeah eight four 12 16 that's how it goes yep yep
1: yeah. and it's it's uh you're right it is it is an exciting race if if everything's close, because sometimes you get to the that last leg and it's like somebody's so far out in front or, you know, your team is, is there's a pack in the middle, whatever it is, it, it, it can be a little bit more uh, anticlimactic, but I can imagine if, if it's a close race, a good, like a conference meet or something like that, that, that would be a pretty fun race to be the anchor for.
0: Oh absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you get that uh it's not like it's a four by four or a four by two or a four by one or something like that where everybody's doing the same thing mm-hmm. and you're all kind of good at the same thing. For something like this, you have a little bit of specialization, you know? You have your four hundred meter that's more the sprinter kind of person you 're sixteen hundred that 's the the long distance guy you know everybody kind of has their own little niche, and uh, you have to rely on everybody to hold up their end uh, of that little event you know and it's, it's just what a fun atmosphere
1: right right yeah and you're right, it definitely brings together the the track team and the cross country team you know obviously everybody's yeah. one team anyway, but yeah definitely the, the different specialties kind of have to to blur a little bit to to run that as a, as a good event so um, yeah, fun, fun race to spectate as long as you can keep track of who's on which lap. And, and at Middle Tennessee, True. we had a, we had an indoor track, uh, which made it sometimes more difficult because I think it was like, oh. it was, I don't remember if it was, if it was 280 meters around, if it was a hundred, but it was something where it was so awkward numbers. So it,
0: it started somewhere and you never knew where the exchanges were. It was, exactly. it was a was Oh that's yeah, that's never <laughs> running on an indoor track is never fun, no matter what the distance you're you're dragging your hand al- along the inside while you're making those left turns every ten yards yeah. uh just oh what an all, <laughs> I hate doing that,
1: <laughs> yes yes indeed, yes indeed so um obviously if you if you ran the d m r the sixteen hundred being a favorite distance, which is not something that uh many ultra runners tend to tend to talk about, but a a nice thing from a nice blast from your past uh that leads me to believe that running started early for you in, in life. How, how early did you get started in, uh, in this crazy sport?
0: Uh, my earliest memories are going back to fourth grade. Uh, we had in elementary school, we had like an elementary school track meet once a year, you know, and it was just something that you signed up for on a sheet of paper. Obviously, it wasn't some kind of team or anything like that. It was very laid back. Uh, you could register or you could, uh, be in four events maximum. And so it was back then that I started running the 800 cause that was the longest distance they had in elementary school. And I always just tended toward the longer distance stuff. I enjoyed that a bit more. And, uh, by the time fifth grade sixth grade rolled around, I was getting into running a little bit more. Uh, I really enjoyed running the eight hundred uh, in those little track meets once a year. and uh, I distinctly remember the day that I quote unquote became a runner if you could <laughs> if you could say that. Um, I was out on the trampoline. And uh, my dad came out and was talking to me, and I was out there jumping around on the trampoline. And uh, I asked him – now, the question is a little bit more obvious to us nowadays, but as a 10-year-old kid, I didn't know any better. But I asked him, what's a healthier exercise, uh, cycling, that is you know, riding your bike, or running? And he said, well, you know, cycling does X, Y, and Z for you, and running does this, this, and this – him hauled about. Overall, you know, the, the more healthy exercise would probably be running. And I thought, oh man, that's not what I want to hear. You know, i am am a I'm a ten year old kid. I want to ride my bike. Uh, but I said, yeah, you know, if that if that's what he says, then maybe I'll give this running thing a try. So uh, it was in 2003, June 1st, 2003, that I got my first um, running log, and it was actually a paper log uh, from Runner's World magazine, and uh, that's when I recorded my very first run, it was June 1st, 2003. It was a uh, 7.8-mile run, and it took exactly 60 minutes. It was during our elementary school picnic at a park. Uh, I did not picnic, I spent the whole time running. <laughs> so, And uh, I've been recording my runs every single day since then for o- wow. over 15 years now. Um, and so uh, that's where things kind of got started. And when I was 11 is when I ran my first road race, which was a 5-miler uh, down in Cape May. Um, I think I ran that a couple years and won my age group every year for that. And then uh, when I was 14, or I'm sorry, when I was 12, I did my first half marathon in Philadelphia. And I won my age group for that, I think, three or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was 14, I did my first marathon. Uh, that was also Philadelphia. And then 16, like you said, that was my first two ultra marathons. I did a 50K and a 50 miler that year. And it just it kept building up from there. Wow. That's... That's so many things
1: and that that I want to say that's crazy about. That's crazy that you still have your first running log from 15 years ago and that you've been, oh, yeah. <laughs> been disciplined about about writing it. Every so often I, I get this this wild hair of like I'm going to be better about you know taking notes and and like you know recording some some things about about each run and you know that lasts for usually a few weeks maybe a month and then it's like meh like there, how many things can you say about it <laughs> about a three to six mile easy run it's like there's just, there's just not much to write about those. It's most true. Of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, so again, so so many things through that, but um, I, I want to go back to the question you asked your dad about what was what was the healthier form of of exercise. What was right like to me? I think it, when I was when I was ten. Uh, and And shoot, maybe maybe still today I, I don't know you can maybe make that argument we 'll we'll see, but you know the- to hell with which was healthier, which was more fun, it would have been the route that I would have <laughs> wanted to go down um, what was what was your reason do you know I, I mean can you think of a reason or or was it just the way that your mind was working at the time that the healthier of the two was important enough for you to ask that question
0: you know my whole life i 've been uh I've always enjoyed having a routine, having a very rigid schedule. Uh, I think from first grade all the way up to uh, a senior in high school, I sat in the exact same lunch seat uh, every day. Uh, In class, I always sat in the exact same back right corner seat every single class I went to. Um, I've always parked in the exact same spot all four years of grad school or two years of grad school, all four years of undergrad. Uh, I'm just very much a creature of habit. And um, when I – as I've grown to learn that about myself, I like to establish a habit, do it right the first time and then, you know, follow along through with it instead of letting things change over time. And maybe that was my thinking back then. That's going back a long ways. I don't remember everything, but maybe that was my thinking back then that I'm going to get into something. I don't want to be a jack of all trades. I'd rather be a master of one. I don't want to run and bike and swim and play basketball and all these other things. I want to do one thing and be really good at it. So thinking down into the future, what's that one thing I want to do for a really, really long time? Well, it should probably be something that's good for you. Uh, and, you know, running, obviously cycling is also very good for you, but running, you know, you're, you're weight bearing, you're Mm -hmm. using your core, all kinds of different things. So I think that was my thinking back then, whether or not that's actually the case, I'm not (laughs) sure, but I do distinctly remember that day and me asking that question. And that's what, that's what put me on the path I am today. Wow. That's that's uh, like I said, it's just, it's
1: great to me that the, the craziest thing of that is, is that the healthy was what was, what was what you worried about, <laughs> especially because you said yeah. you were hoping that the, that the cycling that you wanted to ride the bike was going to be, just go ride your bike, like whatever. But it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, looking back and seeing how like that, that one moment really stands out and put you on the path and, and, and here you are, you know, at, at this point, so many years later, still running, still running far, still running fast. It, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy when you start connecting those dots. So, um, you know, and then again, all right, so so I don't know why I'm so drawn to this healthy bit of it, but but I really am. Um, you know, which is more healthy, running or cycling? So you hem and haw, or d- your dad hems and haws and, and gets to, to maybe running, so you, you go down that route. But, you know, still to this day, like I mentioned in the intro, there's there's a lot of that talk of, you know, Kids running is great, but they shouldn't run very far. You know, kids kids before, right, right, you know, b- right. b- b- at least before puberty, but certainly even even through puberty into maybe even high school or early college years, they really shouldn't run marathons. Maybe even shouldn't run half marathons is what a lot of folks tend to tend to say. Mm. And clearly, that that wasn't the case for you. Um, so, with this this idea of, of running being a healthy activity, and you're obviously passion for it, talent for it, um, was was there ever? Anyone doctors or or coaches or things like that that were trying to to tamp you down to not run
0: as far right um well, I'm no doctor I'm no p t or anything like that uh but there were concerns that my dad had um when I was that young about you know whether or not he- I should be running those kinds of distances. My dad has been involved in athletics and health his entire life. Uh, he's very knowledgeable in the area. So it's not like we were going into these things, uh, blind, um, with guns blazing. Uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, I would go to the high school. He was the athletic director of a high school in the area. And I would, uh, meet with the, um, athletic trainer quite a bit. And, uh, I believe we talked with those athletic trainers a number of times about, you know, Aaron wants to do a marathon. Is is this good for him to do? You know, he's still growing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I think it boils down to if biomechanically the runner is sound Mm -hmm. – you should be okay. Now again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to make any kind of recommendation there, but uh I know there's been talk about that nowadays and you know, they don't like kids to run too far. Maybe that was just a product of You know, being 15 years ago (laughs) I didn't really know that much about it back then Um, but I turned out okay Uh, I'm still alive I'm still here I'm still healthy never had any serious injuries or anything I do remember in the Philadelphia I believe it was the marathon uh, I wanted to run it when I was 14 and the uh, race director said no we're not going to let a 14 year old in here and uh, we went back and forth with them and they said okay we'll let you run it so long as you have a parent or somebody else running there with you, mm-hmm. and you will sign this waiver saying that we are not responsible for any you know physical right. issues that may come to you. And if and if there were any physical issues with me, they would not treat me. Uh, that was the agreement we had to sign off on. And of course, everything turned out just fine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my dad ended up running that race, and I ran with him for a little bit, but then uh, took off toward the end. And um, yeah, that's that's basically what I was.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's I I I, I am I am an athletic trainer, so I, I feel like I, I know a, a little bit. You know, maybe just enough to be to be dangerous about this topic sometimes. But it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, um, you know, like it, it really is. I mean, it, it's it, at all ages. It's everybody's different, and everybody. Some people can handle sure, certain things and, sure. and, and training loads and whatnot, and, and certain people can't. And I don't know why we want to paint with why some people want to paint with a broad brush for all 14 year olds or all 16 year olds or, or all right. 18 year olds or whatever. Like, like if you want to do it, if, if you've been run, you know, if, if you just started running it and you're 16, well, maybe not. But if you've been already running yeah. for several years and stuff like, I don't know, it's 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 one of those kind of things where one size fits all tends to irk me in every direction. Sure. But, but definitely sure. in this case, like, you know, if it works,
0: yeah, for you, it, it works for you. Right. And you can look at it, you can look at it the same way you look at ultras, you know, when somebody asks, well, am I, am I ready to run a 50 miler? Am I ready to run a hundred miler? Well, look at your history, Mm -hmm. you know, what has led you up to this point? Uh, have you only been doing five Ks? Are you only doing 20, 30 miles a week? You know, you're probably not ready to jump into uh, an ultra, let alone even a marathon. Um, you know, looking at me back then, I was doing some pretty good mileage. Mm -hmm. I had been doing some longer races, the five milers, the 10 milers, half marathons that had all led me up to that point over years and years. So, uh, because of all the history behind me and that strong, solid base, it was easier to make a decision and say, yeah, you know what? We've been able to get through all this healthy so far running a marathon probably won't be a problem. Uh, and you can look at that at, uh, at any age mm-hmm.
1: yeah and, and one other kind of thing on the topic and I, I don't know if this is a question more than a statement but i'd love to your thoughts on it as well aaron is i heard somewhere and i can't remember who it was it was some exercise physiologist. I Can't remember if it was if it was a, a video or if it was in a, in a paper or, or wherever it was but the point that they made was almost that when you're when you're young when you're in that kind of puberty rage when when growth plates are still growing and things like that it's actually safer physiologically to run longer than it is to do like heavy duty sprinting almost like I think it 's fairly well ex- accepted that for for kids that age lifting max weights isn 't necessarily the best thing, but you know doing lighter weights and, and higher reps is is just oh. fine um, and kind of oh. that, that same tie in with with you know short sprints, a few of them are okay, but like really hammering those sprints hard is going to have a, a higher risk for issue than obviously if you're you 're well trained and you gradually build up to it, the longer distance is not as, as hard on the body is sometimes we think
0: interesting interesting
1: yeah i I found that interesting as well so it's always like i said always something that's kind of a one-size-fits-all thing or or shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all thing about when can somebody start running Uh, but but always love to hear from folks that did run their first you know their, their first marathon their first ultra shoot while you're still in high school that's that's uh you know it just kind of sheds light that you can do that and still be still be fine as an adult a functioning, absolutely. Adult, still healthy runner as absolutely well.
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah functioning physically mentally you know
1: <laughs> it, it depends that uh, depends on who you ask i guess on that depends that on
0: who you ask exactly right.
1: so you know like you mentioned in the introductory question the, the the dmr was was a race that you enjoyed uh obviously that that tends to, to make me believe that you ran for the, the college team and, and probably the high school team as well um I know that when, I, like I said, when I was in, in grad school and working with the, the track and cross country team, I don't know that there was a like a hard and fast policy against the distance runners racing longer distances than than kind of you know the the the, the typical standard kind of cross country uh, distance of I think it was eight k or ten k something like that. I could probably ten k, but w- whatever it was, like like they like you know we had we had athletes that wanted to run half marathons, but the coaches were like, yeah, it's kind of you know probably not the best idea because you know you're on scholarship and you know, we don't sure, want anything yeah, to happen there. Yeah. Um, did you have any of those type of, of conflicting issues with, with your college coaches about running, you know, I mean, running ultras, running, running marathons, whatever the case might be when you were still in college.
0: Uh, right. So my cross country and track, uh, background is probably pretty atypical. Uh, I went to a very small high school as a private high school. So, We didn't have really much of a cross-country team or track team. We had one or two track meets a year and one cross-country meet a year. That was it. It was a very small, uh, low-scale, low-key kind of thing. So they didn't really care about all that kind of stuff. That's probably why I got into road racing and then ultimately ultras so much because I didn't have much of a cross-country program growing up, you know. Um, and then the same thing for college. The first three years of undergrad, uh, again, I went to a Christian school down in South Carolina, and they didn't have a cross-country team. Mm. Uh, so I kept on running the ultras. You know, that's what I did. And uh, it wasn't until my senior year, or leading up to my senior year, that they announced that they were going to start a cross-country team. Um, and uh, they announced that in November of 2013 – And I was scheduled to graduate May of 2014. So it would be about uh, 11 months before Nationals that they announced that. And I was planning on running a 100 miler in – uh, the very next summer. So when they announced that I sat down and thought, oh man, you know, should I put off the ultras for a year, f- try to do some track? You know, this is my, this would be my last chance to run at a collegiate level, you know? Mm. Um, so I sat down, talked with my parents about it and, you know, we agreed that this is too big of an opportunity to pass up. Let's put the ultras off for a year. I've got the rest of my life to do that. Mm. Uh, instead let's try this let's try cross-country. You know, let's go for it and see if we can get All-American. So that November, uh, it was 11 months before the national meet. I looked at national meets uh, times from the year before, and this is for NCCAA. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were a D1 school, so top 15 would be All-American. And I think the slowest All-American was something around – uh 2630 maybe 2640 something like that um and so we i had a goal to shoot for you know mm-hmm. and uh uh started training really hard stopped lifting. Uh, so I lost a bunch of muscle weight, lost about 20 pounds in a couple of months just from stopping lifting, uh, really focused on getting away from the ultra distance stuff, focusing on, uh, the tempo, the fartlek, you know, all the interval kind of things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh led into that season in really good shape our coach was a g- fantastic coach from oregon uh he had us run some really great times uh brought forth a number of first place finishes uh in our division which was great and then nationals came around and i ran uh a 26.10, i think it was uh for the 8k uh which was good enough for ninth overall and yeah. uh and uh, all American. So it was it was a true blessing. Uh, it was a really, really good season. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I took the opportunity to do it. And then uh, after that was was track. So that's where the, the, DMR, the DMR and whatnot came into place. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So um, I, I the, the, again, as as is always the case or it seems like almost always the case. Uh, one, one answer gives me about six other follow-up questions <laughs> that I, that I kind of want to ask here. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get into a, at least one of them in just a second. But first, want to take a second and, and pay a couple of bills and thank, uh, once again, DKMS for their continued support of, of the show. Um, as, as I've said several times, because they've been, they've been around for a while now and, and, and we have a pretty good relationship, uh, the work that they're doing is, is way more important than uh, certainly the work that I'm doing. Uh, DKMS, for those that aren't familiar, uh, it's an international nonprofit that really is uh, dedicated towards helping to uh, fight the fight ...against blood cancer and really get rid of blood cancer and all other blood disorders from, uh, from existence is, is the ultimate goal. And uh, the biggest way that they do that is by getting folks to sign up and join the bone marrow pool. The, the, the uh, donor pool of people that are willing to potentially donate a little bit of bone marrow if, uh, if they become a genetic match with somebody who is dealing with blood cancer and needs that type of treatment to hopefully be able to beat the cancer and go on and live a a productive and healthy life for, for however much longer that they have. And uh, so far in uh, the the 28 plus years that DKMS has been in existence, uh, they've facilitated or helped to facilitate over 70,000 of those bone marrow donations from uh, over 8 million people that have registered to become uh, potential donors as part of the pool. So if you'd be willing to join me in the pool and, and uh, you know, have that possibility of, uh, maybe saving a life gosh what a a cool thing that would be to be able to do that Uh, all you need to do is head over to DKMS.org get yourself the the free swab kit they'll send it to you in the mail you send it right back all postage paid you just gotta swab the Q-tips on the inside of your mouth and uh, you're good to go or you can also text the word amazing, that's A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, to the number 50555. Get more information, get all your questions answered, and I believe you can also get your kit from that route as well. But uh, definitely DKMS doing great work, and, and thank you guys for supporting them. Uh, it's, it, it really uh, is awesome to see so many folks that have, have heard about DKMS for the first time through the podcast and uh, been willing to... Put themselves out there as a potential lifesaver, potential marrow donor for somebody that's in need. So DKMS.org, thank you for their thank them for their support. Thank you guys for supporting the sponsors to keep us on the air. So um Aaron, coming back to to kind of that that story of how put the ultra ambitions on on hold for a minute, uh to to run uh on the cross country team, run on the, the track team, get yourself a, a little All-America uh status, which is which is pretty darn cool, and certainly is not something that uh, a lot of folks can say that they have. Um, if I, if I heard that story correctly, that was kind of the first time that, that, it sounds like at least, that was kind of the first time that running was became a team sport for you, even though obviously there's still um, individual goals and individual, you know, uh, you know you're know you still running your own race, but you're running it as part of a team component. Uh, if, if that's the case, how, how was that experience of, of being a part of a team for, for maybe, at least as a runner, it sounds like the, the first time?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was not only my first time being on a running team, but it was also my first time having a coach. Mm. Uh, And so that that was a a very different dynamic. And it was wonderful not to have to plan my own runs (laughs) every single day. (laughs) Uh, Man, it was so nice to have somebody else do all the work. And uh, it's amazing just how much uh, harder you can be pushed when you're not dictating exactly what you're doing every day. You know how it is. It's very easy to wake up in the morning and go, ah, do I really need to do that today? And when you're the only one accountable, it's very easy to say no. It's very <laughs> easy to turn back over and go, ah, three miles is fine. There's no need to do that 10 today. Um, but with a coach, that's not the case. Uh, and so uh yeah, we had a fantastic coach, and we had a really great team. Uh, we were a very inexperienced team. There were only a handful of us that really had any kind of cross-country background, um, but uh, our team worked really hard. We improved significantly throughout the season. We really closed our one-to-five spread, uh, which was great to see, especially an inaugural team. Mm-hmm. Um, we, had, we won a couple of meets, which was really great, uh, and uh, running with those guys was absolutely an absolute blast um one of those guys I actually still keep up with in uh he's uh he's paced me at a handful of ultras he actually just paced me um a couple weeks ago at uh my last hundred miler and uh, so he's seen me in uh in the glory of flying <laughs> through the last mile of the 8K, and he's seen me in the, the depths of despair at mile 80, swamped in tears and the <laughs> uh, in all the other stuff that happens during a 100. So, um, yeah, we made some great friends. It was a really neat dynamic. Uh, but it was very interesting, like you said, running with other people. Uh, for basically the first, uh, however long it was had been up to that point, 11 years or so of my running, I never ran with people. I Mm. I was always running by myself. And so running with others, uh, it was interesting. You had people to talk to, Uh, you had people to take your mind off the mileage. Um, Other people would set the pace now and then, which Mm. could be either comfortable or uncomfortable, you know, either way, either too fast, too slow, things like that. Um, so it was a very different dynamic and it definitely took some getting used to, uh, encouraging other people, uh, helping push them through workouts and everything. Running is typically so much a loner sport, especially in an ultra. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Very rarely is it that you actually have somebody else that's A, training for the same kind of distance or terrain that you're training for – uh, and B has the same schedule as you. You know, mm. how often could you meet up with somebody on a Saturday and go out for a six, eight-hour <laughs> run on the right. trails? You know, it just doesn't happen all that much. And so, you spend a lot of your time by yourself. Um, a lot of those miles are on your own. So, running with other people—not just one or two, but you know, a whole team—every single day for months on end was absolutely very different and extremely fun. Mm-hmm. Uh Man, it would be nice if you, if you had that leading into ultras, you know, but uh as you grow up and you're out of school and uh you're away from those kind of people that have like mindsets, you know, that's a lot harder to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, shoot, it's, 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 I feel like it's the same just whatever distance you might be running because like we've got a very good, uh great running community here in town that I used to be really plugged into, but you know, you, 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 family dynamics change a little bit and all of a sudden cool. that those the times of the runs don't maybe work as well as they used to or you know i've switched over to be much more heart rate training so all of a sudden like there's no sense in me trying to run with these guys because yeah. they're gonna leave me and and i i could keep up with them but my heart rate's gonna get too high so it's it yeah it definitely is is nice to have that that opportunity to have some folks to train with when uh you know and, and you can just like you said just just go and enjoy it and not have right. to, to think as much and, and uh, have somebody else push you once in a while, which which is always helpful. Um, so again, in 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 college, the last year you're, you're running these races um, as part of the, the team, cross country team, track team. Uh, cutting, I'm am assuming, and, and uh, you know, I don't like to make assumptions, but I'm assuming kind of cutting the mileage back, maybe a little bit from what you had been used to when you were training for some of these ultras. Uh, and and sounds like you cut back on the strength training too. Was was that something that? Um, I mean obviously it was part of the plan probably what what your coach wanted you to do but how do you think that that base of of ultra running and some strength training and and, and having some muscle mass that that uh, you know that you said you kind of lost some of that when you got into the more organized team activities um how do you think that set you up to be successful as as a cross country runner at that point in your life
0: Yeah it was a very a very interesting dynamic and I was interested to see exactly how my body uh would respond to that Uh, I played soccer and basketball for years, so um, I was a pretty well-balanced athlete, you know. Uh, But when that announcement was made about cross-country, I was probably 195 pounds uh, because I had been lifting a ton Mm. and was probably even too big for ultras. But with an ultra – Sure, every extra pound counts and you don't want to be carrying more weight than you need to. Absolutely. But it doesn't I don't think it matters quite as much as if you were, say, a marathoner, you know, where right. you want to be light and fast for this you can be a little slow right well and especially um,
1: just to cut in but especially you're going up and down some mountains and stuff like having a little bit of muscle to, to do some climbing isn't isn't a bad thing
0: absolutely absolutely and especially as far as lower body stuff goes mm-hmm. totally uh but i i did a lot of upper body i was i was a pretty heavy dude so stopping that cutting back on the protein and everything i shed 20 pounds no problem i got down to 175 and that was as low as I possibly could get, which even for a cross country runner is still, still pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was no doubt the biggest guy out there on just about all those races um but uh boy, did I feel light and fast, mm-hmm. you know, uh, after carrying around all that weight for so much time um. Definitely having that leg strength uh, made a huge difference, and I think that's true with probably any distance. The stronger your legs are, you know, the harder you'll be able to push off the ground. Simple physics. Mm -hmm. And especially when it came to hill climbing, really steep stuff, or when we had really gnarly technical terrain, uh, that was my home. You know, I grew up training on that kind of gnarly technical stuff out in Pennsylvania that's just – that tears people's feet apart, you know. Uh, And we had a handful of races where we got to run on that really rocky, nasty stuff. And uh, boy, I was right at home there. I so thoroughly enjoyed that kind of thing. Um, My cardio obviously was nothing coming into this. uh, So that was something that needed to work – I needed to work on quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no doubt the, uh, the strength was huge, uh, coming into a race like this. It made me a very good, uh, finisher. Uh, I felt like it was tough to outkick me. I don't need to, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. Uh, but because I was so incredibly strong and I had that nice base of, uh, sprinting and soccer and things like that, Mm. uh, I could kick really well. And uh, I think that was one of my big strengths in those races.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So um, I, I, there's probably a half a dozen other questions that I could ask about uh, kind of those those college days and those those early days of of distance running, and, and you know as, as you progressed while you were still quite young. But uh, I do want to kind of fast forward a little bit more into to the present tense. So um, you know you, you've continued to run. You've continued to to push the distance out from you know the quote unquote just ultra distances of fifty k and fifty miles out to, to the hundred mile distance. What keeps you what keeps you going? Like, wh- why wh- – what keeps you pushing? What keeps you striving to go, to go farther um, and, and keep doing these crazy things? Like you said, you know, it might be a six, seven, eight-hour run on the weekend. Like, wh- wh- why, why keep going so far?
0: Right, right. It's uh, – there's no doubt that running ultras and even more so training for ultras is very difficult. Uh, and at times it can be depressing. Um, There's a quote uh, by Steve Prefontaine that I came across years and years ago, and it's always stuck with me, and it says, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Uh, God gave me the gift of running, the gift of running long distances, and uh, I'm going to do my very best to not only use that gift, but make it the best that it can be, And that means training hard and going out and running these races. And I've always told myself that I'm not going to keep running if I don't enjoy it. Mm. Uh, Sure, there are elements of an ultra that are not enjoyable. You know, late in a race and you're hurting, you're throwing up, you know, nothing's going down. Everything hurts. Stomach feels terrible. That kind of stuff is not enjoyable. (laughs) No, not at all. Um, but after the race, being able to see the fulfillment, being able to see the fruit of all that labor, that's what an enjoyable thing, what an addicting thing. And I think most of the people in our sport would uh, agree with that. I still thoroughly enjoy running. And while I do, and while I'm still able to, I'm going to continue running, uh, because that's the gift that I have. And, uh, I'm going to take my fullest advantage of it while I can. Um, the reason, uh, the reason I keep doing this is, uh, uh, number one, it it keeps me on an even keel. It keeps me balanced. Uh, I'm sitting behind a computer pretty much all day working with my mind pretty much all day. So it's nice to be able to get out, get into the woods, stretch the legs, not think for a bit, you know. Uh, there are probably fewer other healthier exercises you could do for your body, especially if you combine it with stretching cross training mm-hmm. that kind of thing you know uh, so I think just as far as being a healthy human it's a great thing to do uh, and on top of that I like to I like to travel and I like to do uh, fast packing and trekking. Mm-hmm. Uh, And training for ultras makes you an incredibly good backpacker. (laughs) You know, when you actually get to go out and walk all day, you go, oh my goodness, this is so slow. I could do this forever. You know, <laughs> it's fantastic. So you get out on these backpacking trails, and they say, you know, uh, estimated time for completion for this route is 14 days or something like that. And you look at the distance. You go, 93 miles. I I could do that in one day. You know, <laughs> let alone three or four. You know, uh, so that's one great thing that I've 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 always enjoyed about running is that it leads you. It gets you better at all these other kinds of things. You can so much more enjoy life when you're in. In shape you know mm, yeah to- totally
1: uh, agree and and um y- you mentioned the the cross training and stretching and things like that that uh i i think a lot of us no matter no matter what distance we run um and and, and uh, as much as i as i talk about this i'm i'm guilty here too i'm not i'm not uh not trying to be too hypocritical because I, I fall short on, on doing some of those uh, complimentary exercises as much as I should. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get better, but there's always room for improvement, uh, especially for me when it comes to stretching and foam rolling and things like that. Sure. Um, how much how, how much do you make time to do some of those things? Or, or how do you, I, I'm sure it probably comes down to priorities, but how do you make sure that you have the time to, to do those things so that you can stay healthy and keep going and, and keep running these races and doing the fast fast packing and, and all the things that you're doing from a running slash hiking perspective. Uh,
0: When you, when you boil it all down, the the truth of the matter is you won't have time to run. You won't have time to stretch. You have to make time for it. Uh, And you're going to make time in your life for that, which is most important to you. Uh, There are a handful of things in your life that are really important, like, like family and relationships and work and things like that. And wherever running fits on that list for you, Uh, is where you're going to make the time for it. Running is a very important part of my life. Uh, I don't have, I'm not married or anything like that, so I don't have to worry about familial things like that, and that gives me a lot more time uh, to focus on running. Uh, And the other side of the coin is, I know that in order to be a good, healthy runner and to be able to perform my best, I also have to make time to stretch and Mm -hmm. cross-train. Back when... I guess I was 19 years old, I started having some really bad back problems, and uh, it was probably a year or more that these back issues had been bothering me. Sometimes it would put me on, a, on my bed for an entire day. I just couldn't even walk. My back hurt so bad, and I went to a number of doctors to have them look at it. Long story short, I have three bulging discs in my back. And it was probably a product of working on a produce farm for five Mm -hmm. years, you know, bending over all day in the sun. Uh, But uh, because of that, um, I went to a number of doctors and they said, you know, you really ought to be stretching and doing this and X and Y and et cetera. And that really got me into stretching because it helped my back feel better. And unfortunately, that's the kind of medicine that a lot of us distance runners Mm -hmm. practice is reactive medicine. You know, I'm not going to worry about it until it's my problem. You know, Uh, fast forward to 2015, I got IT band syndrome so bad, I thought I broke something. It Mm hurts so bad. And uh, I had never had a running injury my entire life up to that point. Um, I ran a 50K on that. IT band when it was really bad, which is a horrendous mistake. Uh, Needless to say, that put me out of running for a month, and I was in physical therapy for three months and I learned a lot during that physical therapy. I'm thankful that it happened to me because of what it taught me, and it taught me a lot better stretching and a lot better uh, cross-training for things like the uh, uh, TFL and the glute med mm-hmm. and all these, all these little uh, muscles that you really don't see much or think about when you're doing squats or deadlifts or other things like that, um, but it made me realize, wow, I really need to, especially as I'm getting older, uh, I really need to focus on making sure everything's balanced, everything is uniform, you know, making sure everything else is in shape from the ground up before I can really push my body in training.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And and um, it it is one of those things, you know, you talk about runners that reacting to problems. I feel like that's, that's uh, you know, kind of in a nutshell, our, our entire country and, and part of maybe even some, yeah. some parts of the world that the problem with our healthcare system is that everything is always reactive as opposed sure. to trying to get out in front of things and yes it's it's you know maybe it can be a little bit of a pain to, to do these things or an annoyance but like you said it beats the alternative of having to not be able to run for a while because you're dealing with an injury that could have been provo- avoided or prevented by doing some foam rolling some stretching some strength training focusing on like you Absolutely. said not on the squats but on the on the clam shells and some of the smaller muscle right. groups that are so vital but so easy to overlook
0: Right. And when I, as I've been traveling, um, that's one thing I've always had to focus on big time was my back is always an issue. And if I don't mm-hmm. do everything just right, make sure everything's stretched, do my little movements and whatnot, my back can throw me out for a day or more. And uh, in some of these trips, I've been way out in the wilderness. And if my back's a problem, that could be a, a serious concern. Right. Um, especially when there's, you know, nobody for hundreds of miles or anything, uh, then that could be a really big issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, and, and glad that, uh, you've learned that lesson without having to relearn it several multiple times, which uh, there might be a few of us listening that have been guilty of that, of dealing with the same (laughs) thing over and over and over again before you (laughs) finally figure out, Hey, I could just prevent this and and we never have to deal with it again. Like it's maybe an easier route to go down. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know the the idea of predicting the future, Aaron, is is uh, is a thankless task at best, and and it's, it's never any better than a coin flip. But I, I have to ask, you know, with with how things have continued to progress for you, and and you know some of these longer distances and, and the hundred milers and things like that, um, do you, do you see yourself? potentially in the future going down the route of some of the uh, even longer than 100 mile distance i know there's some 200 mile races out there some 150s or some of the you know several day races that you end up doing 160 180 miles something like that uh, any any desire to go beyond whatever level of crazy you're at now and extend the
0: distances even farther that is the question isn't it <laughs> Now unfortunately they had to invent those 200 milers you know <laughs> So I I think any one of us in the in the 100 miler boat with that type A ultra runner mentality looks at those 200 milers and in the back of their mind is going ah <laughs> Come on. Now i you have to do it. You know, oh. you have to now. <laughs> it's what's out there. A hundred miles isn't crazy anymore. Uh, it's become the new marathon. Mm-hmm. It's a long race. But there's tons of people running it, you know. And sure, it, you know, it is still kind of a crazy distance, but it's not as crazy as it used to be. Right uh, now, you got these two hundreds. That's the, that's the frontier. That's the crazy distance, you know. You look at that and you go, my goodness, sixty, seventy, eighty hours of running with, you know, maybe only a handful of hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. And you're talking, you know, forty, fifty, even ninety thousand feet of gain for some of those things. Um, absolutely. That's in the future. So long as uh, I stay healthy, so long as I, again, still enjoying it. Uh, absolutely. That is a goal. Um, tentatively, uh, I'm looking at 2020, uh, for a 200 miler. Uh, we'll see how things hold up. Um, there's a handful. I still want to get at least another hundred miler under my belt. Uh, to get a little bit more experience and everything. This year was probably my most successful year for ultras. Uh, I ran six ultras and placed in the top three in four of them. Uh, So it was was great. Now, granted, there there were some smaller races, um, but it was a fantastic year. I stayed healthy. Uh, My mileage was good. I got so much more gain this year than I've ever had before. It was a really good year, and it was really encouraging uh, to see those numbers. So I'm looking forward to next year getting some more Mm -hmm. experience under my belt, getting another 100 under my belt. And uh, hopefully in 2020 then, we'll give a shot at the 200s and, uh, and see how that goes. But yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely that's something that's on the to do list um one thing that uh I've been getting into recently is this fast packing and uh I've so thoroughly enjoyed it and thankfully, I have a job that gives me enough uh time to get off work f- uh for days or weeks at a time if I need to and go out and do these things and so uh, last year, I went to Greenland and wow. did a did 100 miles bushwhacking out there uh, with one other friend, just with backpacks, no trail or anything, just a map and compass, and we bushwhacked 100 miles through Greenland. Never saw a single person the whole time. It was fantastic. Uh, I did uh, went to Nepal twice. I'm going back again this year and heading down to Chile in, a, in about a month. Uh, to do some more bushwhacking down there. So that's something absolutely I want to keep doing in the future so long as financially Mm. and uh, temporarily I can. Uh, And so long as I'm able to run, those things will be that much more enjoyable to be able to cover distance uh, fast every day.
1: Wow. I I don't know how you wait, you know, 50 minutes to tell me that you've been onto these places to go bushwhacking. And, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, it's all right. Now, now we're just going to, you know, pencil it in for, uh, you know, at some point down the line. If not, if nothing else, at least by the time we get to 2020, you get that 200 miler under your belt. There we go. Uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be doing another one of these so I can hear some of these other stories. But, uh, uh, sadly, cause I'm really enjoying myself, but at some point we got to, we got to put a bow on these things and, and wrap them up. And, uh, the way, the way that I've been doing that, uh, for I, I kind of always I regularly I regularly still say I've been doing this lately, but I think I've been asking these these kind of closing philosophical question things for several years at this point so it hasn't been too recent that i started doing this but i, I do like to end with what i call a philosophical question aaron and, and it's not shouldn't be you know, some people get a little bit nervous when i say that and spring it on them without uh, any prior warning but it's it's really just kind of like any of the other questions i've asked where it's kind of something that's open-ended uh very similar to the introductory question actually where, where you can take it any way you want to go with it uh no right answers certainly no wrong answers just kind of whatever your answer might be and and one thing that, that just kind of popped into my head uh, just a, a few minutes ago that i think would be a great way to, to end this and i don't think i've ever asked this question before. Maybe I have. Somebody Somebody can tell me, but I don't think so. Um, you've mentioned that as, as long as running stays fun, that it's something that you want to do. And, and I, I agree with that. I, I Wholeheartedly, uh, you know, the, the importance of, of having fun and enjoying it. Every time I have a, an athlete that's running a race, I always tell him, you know, no matter what the clock says at the end, the most important thing is that you have fun during right. during your race. Right. Um, for you, what what is the definition of fun when it comes to your racing? What about running? brings you that joy and and what gives you that fulfillment, that that fun factor that hopefully we all have every time we step out the door, onto the trail, onto the road, onto the track, whatever it might be. What is fun for you about running?
0: Uh, Well, pridefully, it's always fun to win. You know, it's (laughs) always fun. Even if you had a terrible race and you ran a horrible time, if you cross the line first, Nine times out of ten, you're going to be happy with that and you'll be able to smile. Uh, But the truth of the matter is for the vast majority of us and even myself, the vast majority of the time, you're not crossing the line first. Mm -hmm. So – and that's an interesting question. Why do, say, even the the people that come in the back of the pack, why do they run these things? Is that really fun to finish dead last or second to last? Uh, And I think it is. Absolutely it is. Uh, They're not making money off of it, certainly. So why else would they be doing these kinds of things? And I think it turns back to uh, what you see in a lot of ultra runners out there. Uh, I think of like Tim Olson right off the bat, that a lot of these people are overcoming Uh, demons in their lives. Uh, You see a lot of addicts out there, uh, a lot of – or former addicts, I should say, former alcoholics, things like that. Uh, Ultra running is an outlet for these kinds of people, Um, and it's a lot of those type A, really energetic, driven, competitive people. Uh, Here is an outlet where they're no longer playing high school or college sports Or things like that Uh, but this gives them the chance to go out there and see what they're made of and I think that is what we really enjoy about this sport I don't think there's any other sport out there that allows you to really see exactly what you're made of to push yourself to the utter limit of human capability you can always go faster you know Mm. you can always go further Take a look at, um, say, like the last man standing race uh, down mm. in Tennessee, the uh, – what's that called? Biggs Backyard Ultra. Right. Um, wow, what a, what a golden opportunity to prove to yourself exactly what you're made of. There is no finish line. What other sport has something like that? You're not <laughs> right. going to find that in an Ironman triathlon. You're not going to find that in anything else. No no long-distance road cycling, nothing, at least not that I'm aware of. Right. Uh, but that's your chance. It's you and you are a self-propelled human. You're not sitting on a bike. You're not sitting in the water. Nothing like that. It is you versus you, you versus the mountains, you versus the terrain, Um, and that's what we like about that. We get to go out there and test our metal and see what we're made of, and when we are able to succeed, now, however you define success, Mm -hmm. whether that's first place, top 10, or just a finish... When we are able to succeed, we take a tremendous amount of joy in that. And you look at the faces of the people that cross the line of ultra marathons. You can have people that were out there vomiting all night, mm-hmm. and uh, where they fall, they've broken some. I think of like Killian that dislocated his shoulder mm-hmm. at Hard Rock or whatever it was. You know, you look at these people's faces, and I'd say almost guaranteed they're going to be smiling. When that race is over, even though they're in tremendous pain. I think about my very first 100 miler, uh, Pine Creek. It's a paper flat 100 miler up in Pennsylvania. And uh, I made some horrendous nutritional mistakes. I started vomiting at mile 40, Mm. and I didn't ingest another calorie until the race was over. So I basically went the last 60 miles without any calories Mm. in me. It was just a horrific, horrific experience. I spent Hours crying my way through that race. It was terrible. But when I crossed that race or when I crossed that finish line, even though there were maybe only two people there, uh, lightly clapping in the early morning light, you know, uh, I could say to myself, yeah, I did it. Mm -hmm. I did it. And even though it was the most painful, horrific experience of my life, I did it. And I could take a tremendous amount of satisfaction in that. And that's what these people like.
1: Mm, I, I i love it as per usual there's no reason for me to muddy the water that's a great place to wrap things up aaron thank you for sharing that uh once again guys disruns.com slash 645 is the link to take you to the show notes uh link to, to connect with aaron the, the summaries the links to anything else we talked about some of the races things like that you can find them all there disruns.com 645 uh aaron thank you uh for taking the time today certainly certainly appreciate it uh had a, had a blast and. Uh, Definitely looking forward to to seeing how things go in the future and uh, hopefully coming back and circling back at some point along the line when when the schedules align and and there's some good stories to tell, which I think we've left a few stories on the table. So uh, no no worries about that uh, and hopefully doing this again at some point. But thanks for the time and certainly wish you all the best in uh, 2019 and beyond, my friend.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs)
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Aaron and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that resonates a little bit, a little bit more strongly? That that rung on your frequency uh, in today's episode. What was something that we talked about that really just latched itself into your into your brain and is going to stick with you after this this episode is complete. For me, it, it uh, was kind of towards the end there when Aaron was talking about making time for for training for for these long races that he does and, and how that really can, can eat up uh, you know a large chunk of a weekend and some time during the week and things like that. And he talked about the importance of making priorities, making a list, and really you know kind of knowing that these things are the priorities and these th- are the things that I'm going to get done. And I've, I've talked about this before. I, I you know I, I, I don't want to undermine anybody who, who says that they, they don't have time to get all the training in that they that they would like. I'm guilty of that as well sometimes of thinking that, man, I wish that I had, you know, more hours in the day to get work stuff done, to continue to build products and create courses and, and work with more runners and, and get my own training in and spend more time with my family. Like, I wish I had more hours in the day. That said, obviously, we all have the same number of, of hours, so it really comes down to being clear on what your priorities are. And I find that for me, the days that I really focus on the things that are most important and get those things done first, I still somehow find time to get all of the other things taken care of. And I think that's kind of what Aaron was saying. If, if, if you focus on having a list of priorities, what things really matter the most you'll figure out how to get those things done and still take care of all the other things that need to be done. And yeah, you might not spend quite as much time on Facebook or quite as much time on social media or quite as much time playing Candy Crush or or whatever it might be, watching Netflix, um, which at the end of the day isn't the, the end of the world. But if you're not clear on your priorities, you can pretty easily get sucked down the rabbit hole of social media or Netflix or YouTube or whatever it is. And then you wind up going, oh, shoot, I don't have as much time to get my run in before I have to pick up the kids after school, before I have to make dinner, before I have to go to work or have this meeting um, or whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever those big things are. So be clear on those big things. And if you're, you know, want to make running one of your big things, that's fine. Make make that a priority, make it happen. And then you'll still find time to get in those those other things, you know, the, the, the things that you want to do, but they're not the the grade A priorities and that's how you stay on top of your training that's how you stay on top of um whatever it is in your life is you make those those things a priority and then you you stick to it and you you make them happen um doesn't happen by accident finding more time creating more time inventing some time uh it 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 can happen if you're intentional but it doesn't happen by accident and that all comes down uh like aaron said to making making The priorities, priorities, make a list and make sure you're taking care of those top things first before you get to all the other things. So that was my takeaway. A good little reminder for me of what I need to do and and how some days lately I I haven't, uh, I've been working all day but don't feel like I accomplished anything. Probably means I didn't take care of my priorities first and we're just stuck doing some of the busy work, some of the, the tasks that need to get taken care of, but don't necessarily have to get taken care of today. Uh, and I just get stuck in that, in that rut and wind up busy, but not productive. And we want to definitely stay productive because we could all use probably a few more hours in the day. But we, we've got what we've got. We've got the 24. We've got to make the most of them. So that was my takeaway. Like I said, hit a little close to home. Maybe it did for you as well. Maybe there was something different. What was it for you that stood out from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet or an Instagram message at DizRuns. Shoot me an email, disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode or which you can find at disruns.com slash 645. You can do that for any episode, of course, whatever the show number is. That's the link to the show notes. There's always links there. If it's an interview, there's usually some photos there, links to contact information. We've got Aaron's contact information linked up there as well. And of course, there's the comment box at the bottom of the post. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there as well. uh, And that way others can see them. And we can maybe start a conversation going well into the future. When other people listen to this episode, you know, four months, six months, eight months, 12 months down the road, they can see what you thought, they can add their two cents and the conversation continues. But that's it. Dizruns.com slash 645 for today's episode. And once again, thanks to DKMS for their continued support. DKMS.org. If you haven't registered yet, it takes about two seconds to get the uh, kit sent to you uh, from the website. DKMS.org. It takes about 12 seconds or maybe 18 seconds. I don't know. It depends on how quick you are. It's swabbing your cheeks to get you to get the sample taken. And then it takes, what, another however long it takes you to walk to your mailbox and stick the postage paid return envelope with your sample back in the mail. gets it sent back to New York to the the folks at DKMS. They do their work after that and let you know if you become a match. So check it out. DKMS.org. Get yourself registered in the pool. And with that go ahead and put a bow on this thing for today thank you guys for listening as always your your thoughts and feedbacks and just the fact that you tune in you know a few times a week really is appreciated i i I can't stress that enough so thank you for all all that you do to support me uh, and looking forward i'm looking forward to continuing to do more for you uh, in, in the future. And, and as, as this thing continues to grow, more opportunities are coming my way, which means more opportunities are coming your way, which is, uh, which is awesome. I can't wait to start doing some more things like that. And uh, it's coming. I promise you that. So until, until then, and until next time, please be well, take good care. Thanks again for listening and, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care guys.